Hey guys, this is Matt from the Brothers of Discussion. I am here to apologize first because the audio in this episode just got completely whacked out. Um, you know, I just, you do the testing before the show starts. Uh, we did try a new um, system, so I'm guessing I'm going to need to get used to it. So I apologize for how this sounds. Uh, honestly, I'm really fighting myself right now if I should just delete it. Uh, I apologize if this is your first time listening. Uh, just not the kind of thing we are wanting to turn in. Uh, just does not sound great, but it was still a fun conversation. We got some, uh, you know, some good questions while we were recording live, too. So um, I apologize for what you're about to hear. I'm doing my best to try and fix it up, but it just sounds awful. I I'm sorry to go in and say that, but... Uh, yeah, uh, please uh, judge us on our other work, not on this. We do better, I promise. And uh, enjoy the show. We are going to talk um, NXT here with uh, TakeOver 31 coming up. And uh, we hit the Wednesday Night Wars. Stephanie McMahon being uh, number two CMO in, uh, uh, I guess, according to Forbes. Uh, and, and so much more. So enjoy the show, if you can. abrupt <laughs> all right let's uh hey there we go hey mike hey man you talk about an intro that can bring you out of a coma right, good. <laughs> are we, are we good, good how are you i'm ready go i'm so excited hi everybody and welcome to a room, uh, I'm broadcasting from a, the, a lot of bouncing acoustics uh, moving out of my house. You're going to hear a little <laughs> bit of an echo here. Um, sounds a little bit like echo. And uh, anyway, uh, welcome to a gold-rushing, jaw-breaking, leather jacket gift-giving, whiskey nursing, come on, hangman, finish that drink, episode of the Brothers of Discussion. We're going to talk everything from Forbes ranked. Is it CMOs, Matt? Chief Marketing Officer? I don't know. To, you got it. To the, we're going to talk that. We're gonna, I'm going to learn what it is. Uh, we're going to talk Wednesday <laughs> Night Wars, of course. And we're going to try and get some predictions here for another NXT TakeOver. Matt, NXT TakeOver 31. That's 31. Matt, it's another week. It's another spicy one. How are things in the Casa de Eddie? How's it going over there? It's going good. Yeah, we're, uh, I like to go for walks with Eddie, and it's been raining a lot, and, uh, it does, uh, it does make the days go, uh, I, I love her to death, you know, but there's only so many times you can read the same book over and over and over before it starts to <laughs> grain on you a little bit. Um, that, I don't know if you're familiar, that's what, uh, little i don't want to say little girls uh one-year-olds there we go uh like to do is you read a book um you know there isn't too much content there's not too much to grab from it you don't learn a lot uh but she wants to read it a thousand times over and over and over and um it's it's beautiful that she loves to read but any human 
you know, it's a struggle. It's a struggle. Yeah, that's fair to say. I mean, there was a time in my life where I would read uh, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone at least once a year. Uh, yeah. So I think I know where most one-year-olds are coming from. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, before we get into it, Matt, let's tell the beautiful people where they can find everything. Brothers they can related. find us at the brand new podcast.com and brothersadiscussion.com. Uh, you can always find us if uh, you look in the upper left-hand corner at podcast on Twitter, 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 and at brothers underscore of underscore discussion on Instagram. Uh, I have to give a shout out, Mike. We are brought to you now through StreamYard. Thanks to our brother network. And uh, who helps us host our, our hockey show on uh, on Mondays? Uh, the Hockey Podcast Network. That's why it's looking so pretty. Uh, and that's why we can highlight comments now uh, where Mr. Brett Rodriguez wants to know if Addie's done her first choke slam yet. Uh, no, but I might be guilty of uh, a couple of wrestling moves on her. She's taken her first choke slam. <laughs> um, and she, I mean, she giggled her, her whole way through it. Like, it's one of those things where you play airplane with her, so when you give her a tombstone pile driver, she just thinks you're still playing airplane. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh, yeah, Eddie, she's, uh, I don't know, she's not really a big man in the sport, man. She's more of a Ric Flair, a little dirtiest player in the game, so she's going for the eye gouge. Uh, yeah. I'll give you a mandible claw, probably one right in the nuts. Absolutely. I'm really excited for her to learn how much that feels uh, like a, a nice massage. But, um, Brad, your daughter is learning the business at a young age. Uh, make sure you're giving her a lot of videotape to watch. That means you can watch more wrestling. Um, when she comes over to my house, which is in the process of being moved into. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's going to be fun. I'm really excited to uh, uh, teach, teach um, my niece the magic of a suplex. It's going to be great. I'm very happy that uh, uh, Brett wants to know if uh, we have a certified public accountant watching. And oh, there he is! He corrected himself. It's a <laughs> child protective <laughs> services. Uh, hopefully, they're not watching. But uh, I, I will say into the camera, I don't. I don't go for the victory. I'm not pile driving my daughter so I can put her down for the one, two, three. Um, it's all fun and games. This is yeah. This for is now. Not a, this is an anti-spanking family. <laughs> But if there's a tombstone pile driver to be had, we're not going to turn that down. Okay. Um, I yeah. feel like um, this is so, this is a thing. I, I, I hope everybody can give us some comments on how they feel about what this looks like. This just is too easy right now. And I don't, I don't know how to handle it. So like managing and producing this is, just kind of working itself and usually i'm like cycling through different things i need to click and i i do need to do that a little bit but i just feel so i feel like i left the house without my phone you know right now what i mean i i, I don't know how to handle it i don't know what to look at i i need i know i need to pull up my notes that's probably what's going on yeah. i didn't have my notes up i feel better now all right let's keep rolling sorry mike yeah, this is usually when you uh, quietly panic, but instead you're verbally panicking for everyone to enjoy. <laughs> um, Matt, uh, I, I don't know. There's, uh, it's, this is a weird week. I don't know if there's news. Uh, things happened. Um, I, I guess we kind of teased it in the opening. Matt, I know this is kind of your forte here. Um, 
the daughter of our Lord and Savior, uh, Vincent Kennedy, uh, <laughs> made a, a daughter named Stephanie McMahon. Um, she kept his name. And uh, Matt, apparently she made a, a list for Forbes. Does this uh, wet your noodle over there? It sounds like it uh, might be a, a noodle wetter. Uh, she's, she's listed as the second most influential. Now it's, am I pronouncing this correctly? A CMO? Yep. You did pronounce those letters correctly. Okay. Well, uh, a certified man opener. Uh, <laughs> she, Triple she H was, can attest. <laughs> um, I guess she was. Uh, she came in second place, Matt. And when I saw that uh, uh, she came in second, you know, I was I was kind of curious who who came out on top to see who who was even in this list. Who was the criteria? Um, and I, I guess. Stephanie McMahon came in second place to the CMO, the chief man opener of Apple, Phil Schiller. I know. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Okay, I got an Apple product right here. Um, <laughs> I did. I was in such a panic to get this ready. I'm so sad. I, I had my peanut butter whiskey, and I don't have it with me, and I don't want to leave. I don't want to no, leave. Mine's the... at the new house. Yeah, mine's oh. at the new house. Yeah. Um, I did want to ask you about that, but now we've been bantering too much. Um, look, Stephanie being on this list, I don't know what she's done. I, I don't know. I don't even know where to go from here. I, I, I don't, I, has she really done? We're, we're talking a, a, a certified mark marketing officer is that what it is a cmo is it chief 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 yeah. yep chief i'm thinking of uh yeah so it's a it's our chief marketing officer um like what i think you're thinking of your from a, uh, credentials from university of phoenix but yeah go ahead <laughs> right i think i'm all turned to, I'm, all, I'm all twisted because that the the certified public accountant um but from a marketing perspective, I think it's it's fair to ask this question. I, I mean, I think they're um, I think they've done a lot for like from a technology perspective. I think uh, you know they've tried to do some new things in regards to what's going on from like content wise. You don't really necessarily pat a marketing officer on the back for that, um, and she has been influential in what she does. I just don't know, like, you brought it, you said it. I mean, Apple is number one. So f from that end, you have a brand that people will, for the rest of their lives, be continuing to buy Apple phones um, because, for one, the, the, the way the marketing works for it, you had to get products from Apple that will ensure you'll, you'll never leave, even if you wanted to. Um, but I, I don't know if the same can be said for a company that's struggling and, you know, stock wise and struggling to capture viewers, um, just lost a bunch of employees and not that Apple doesn't do that. But I, I mean, they right now have the number one brand value that I just discussed in my uh, in my article that I put out a week ago that was how to watch wrestling and subtracting brand loyalty from that equation. So I wrote the exact article that would be the anti this happening. Right. So I, I, I talked about, uh, you know, things like, um, 
cognitive dissonance, and we talked about it last week too. So I, I talked about like cognitive dissonance and uh, shared reality, kind of putting people in these bubbles where the fights between AEW and WWE start. But I don't, I don't think that they've done enough to like a large enough audience to say that she compares to what is going on in Apple. I, I, I guess maybe you could say she doesn't. Maybe you could say, well, she's number two. Uh, Apple's number one by a landslide. But, but still, I mean, like, that's the whole idea, right? Like, don't we feel like, and, and people have shown that they're, they're going to walk away from the WWE based on ratings and, and based on whatever's going on with the company. And, and, and it, and it's also pro wrestling. I mean, Apple did so many things. Like, they created a thing in um, in our mobile devices that we carry. And now, I mean, it's, it's we can't live our lives without it. And the WWE took a thing that exists in pro wrestling, and for all intents and purposes, you'll, you'll hear people argue that they've ruined it. So I just, I guess some people say the same thing about phones and, and Apple, but I, I just, I don't, I don't see how this happened. I th- I think I it's good for Stephanie. It just I'm having trouble making the connection on how someone gets ranked this high with yeah. with what's going on with the company. It'd be different if they were like nailing it week no. after week and ratings were through the roof. Yeah, well, I think uh, it looks like they're they're scoring criteria, and this is really getting away from wrestling. Uh, they used uh, LinkedIn. Uh, and sprinkler statistics. Um, so they were kind of measuring uh, the brand itself, how it uh, fared uh, in popularity um, in terms of you know getting the name out there. Um, they looked at their, uh, I guess their their personal um, influence in social media, and then I guess the the LinkedIn connections. So. I could see where somebody in WWE would do that uh, just because every week they're always like, and uh, guess what's uh, trending globally right now? It's a table match. Hashtag table match. <laughs> you don't want to miss hashtag table match. Um, but uh, Forbes, you know, they, they gave a really bare bones. Um, you know, we don't really get to see how the score is factored in, but they gave a really bare bones description of what she does. Um, and, and I think as far as her making the top of the list and seeing that the criteria is more than your brand, it's kind of also includes how you personally, uh, kind of get your web out there. Um, and her being so visible for the company looks like it had a pretty big influence. Um, but you know, they talk about her, um, being at the forefront of women's equality in wrestling. Um, even though arguably it could be said that WWE was, you know, one of the ones who kept women down for so long. Um, and I guess she gets credit for speaking out about the pandemic, uh, making um, the entertainment safer fans and superstars. Um, and she's trying to make moves for racial inequality on the female quotient um, and put together a nice discussion series, Women in the Business of Sports. So I think that she does belong on this list. I think we're both just kind of surprised that, you know, amongst all these other entities that she, you know, made her way up there. Um, the other goofs are like, um, the guy who is part of Burger King, uh, like BMW made the list. Um, Lego, <laughs> the rep for Lego made it. Um, Adobe, uh, Google was number eight. Uh, Microsoft was number nine somehow. Um, and then like some, you know, uh, 
nothing else that I don't think we really care about. You know, Twitter's at 13. <laughs> so number two to be WWE, it's, well, I don't know if I'll, they're just trying to get uh, like a classic Forbes clickbait article. Maybe that's what this is. I, uh, here's, I, this is where, where my head's at because people don't write articles about Mark Pritchard, the, the chief brand officer for Procter & Gamble. Procter & Gamble is going to be on the back of everything you buy. All the competitive brands of laundry detergent, they all compete under the umbrella of Procter & Gamble. So anytime you're like, oh man, you know, fuck Arm & Hammer, I'm going with Tide. It doesn't matter. It's the same, same people are making money off you. Um, but he here's it at number 10, by the way. If, he, if he's number two, he doesn't get a million different bloggers writing about him. I guarantee it. Like that, that's, I, I was going to ask you if you remember in Parks and Rec when uh, uh, Ron Swanson won an award for, it was a women's award, and it was because they just said, uh, we had to give it to a man because nobody cares if we just give it to a woman. So I think what they did here is they said, we have Stephanie McMahon and we can actually get this huge boom and people are actually going to look at our article because it's related to pro wrestling and that is one of the most searched blog topics uh, on Google. And it's it's a huge trend on, on social media every Monday, every Wednesday, every Friday, and then when there's a Sunday night show. So I, I think what the Forbes guys are doing are capitalizing on a marketing plan um, because, I, again... For Procter & Gamble, uh, I'll say, to, uh, you know, again, you don't really have a choice. They just own everything, and right. you don't you don't get to hear about it. Microsoft, uh, I guess I guess you are choosing there. Google, nobody chooses between Google and anything else. Adobe pretty much owns everything uh, in, in their in their space. I mean, and I don't mean own everything. I mean they're 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 owning all of the brand battles in the Adobe space. Uh, Legos crushes anybody that's in, you know, they're one of the top toys, plus anything uh, that's considered a building block uh, toy, they're, they're going to be, you can't compete with Lego. Um, FCA, I guess, and then what's the next one is, is BMW. So, I mean, two of the top automobile brands, um, but they, you know, they're not necessarily getting toppled anytime soon. Uh, and then you brought, you know, you have Burger King on there again, a very highly respected brand uh and and apple so i just look at wwe and i go well another competitor came in last year and they struggled to beat them on on a weekly basis so i I just it's i guess from a a performance of your product wise uh it's just it's a little it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me but when i when i put it the put the old ron swanson test on it and you and you think she would get picked because there's going to be a million bloggers. Now we're talking about it on our podcast and people are going to go to Forbes.com for the first time this year and see Stephanie McMahon's face on, on this list. Um, I, I did tweet out, I wonder if Brian Alvarez is going to figure out what the page views were for this year's announcement compared to last year's <laughs> and, and do a comparison. Uh, he's obviously the guy that likes to tweet out on a weekly basis what the ratings are on Wednesdays, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, uh, yeah. I'm ready to move on. I, I'm just going to be talking in circles yeah, we, now. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's do a little wrestling. Um, as far as, uh, an online presence, I was really proud of retribution this week. Uh, when they first debuted Matt and there's, we found other superstars where, um, 
named Mace, uh, T-Bar, and Jizz in your hand. Nobody was uh, <laughs> nobody was uh, flocking to the WWE shop to buy T-shirts. Uh, but I think last week we said, you know what? Sometimes you just got to make that, you know, turn that chicken shit into chicken salad and just double down. Don't give up. Just, just, just be a, a steamroller. Just keep going. Just be as ridiculous as you can. Don't, don't worry about people making fun of you. Look at the new day. Um, there's, there's not a better example. We're going to take three black guys and turn them into like, um, like, you know, singing priests. And the new day just said, you know, just split that open and turn it into their own thing. Retribution, Matt. It looks like they may have heeded our advice because they definitely uh, turned it around on everybody this week. Um, actually responding to Matthew of Botchamania, um, thanking him for his existence because he's done more to, quote, destroy the wrestling industry than we ever could, so keep it up. <laughs> they uh, reached out and thanked Eric Bischoff for uh, destroying WCW. He's, they're like, this is exactly what we want. Um, <laughs> thank you for destroying a wrestling company. That's our goal, too. Um, and they've just been tearing apart people who make fun of their name. Today was uh, David Arquette. Oh, who'd they get? What'd they say about David? Uh, T-Bar today was getting some shit from, from David, so he, he said, why don't you come on over and I'll drop you faster than Courtney did. And, oh. I mean, that was just total like, oh, mic drop. Uh, real quick, though, we got a shout-out. Uh, Amy's here. Uh, Amy did admit she's a little behind on wrestling, but you know what? We'll tell you what happened. Uh, and then... Uh, we got uh, Lewis is here too. Hey Lewis, how you doing? Um, I'm. I, is it Bartusik? You can just you can just give us a thumbs up if it is. Um, I'm I'm sorry if I got that wrong. But how you doing, Lewis? Uh, we just had to do those quick shout outs there. Um, uh, I I absolutely love what Retribution's doing. I I think they're they're sometimes uh you know when, when you're when you're trying to build your character and you have so little time to do it and the WWE has already handpicked who's going to get all the TV time, you got to find right. some place to like own what you're doing. And I think Retribution has to be thanking their lucky stars that T-Bar is a part of this, um, or Dijakovic, because, yeah, he, he's the guy that's just constantly... I, I said, actually, on Twitter, I said, if you want to get famous this week, just go ahead and take a dump on T-Bar because he, he was unloading on everybody. Um, so, uh, it's beautiful to see. I think you and I are, are super huge Retribution fans, uh, after this, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna be excited. I'm kind of sad that it looks like COVID's gonna keep them out, uh, for another week, but, um, yeah, yeah, uh, I guess, uh, we'll have to ask the CMO how putting wrestlers in this situation is working. <laughs> Well, uh, just two, <laughs> just two more uh, nuggets from uh, from T Bar. I, I don't know who he hired. If he got like the Conan O'Brien writing staff uh, to start writing his jokes this week, they've been great. Uh, these last two nuggets are not jokes. Uh, just really like that they uh, exemplified some of the silly names that we've come to accept and buy T-shirts of. And I can attest to that because I own a Harlem Heat T-shirt. Uh, but they said, you know, hats off to Booker T and X Pac to other, uh, you know, T-Bar-esque names. Um, so, you know, maybe at some point we'll just we'll look at T-Bar and, um, you know, give it, the, give it the respect that we've given uh, somebody like X-Pac. Well, maybe more than X-Pac. 
Maybe the respect we've given Booker T. <laughs> um, can, I, can I ask, did I throw you off because I just gave you full screen? It, yeah, I was like, I was backing up. I was like, it's, it's getting close. Um, I'm playing with all the buttons right now. I think everybody who's watching online is probably ready to throw up. Well, hey, speaking of playing with the buttons, Matt. <laughs> an AEW video game being rumored. Um, I think it's been rumored since they started the company back when it was still a t-shirt company and they didn't wrestle. Um, but my question for you is, there's been so many iterations of the wrestling game for WWE uh, that people are just, they're oversaturated with it, they're done, um, they stopped buying it. The WWE, frankly, just stopped updating the game. Yeah. Um, so WWE's taking a year off. They're not releasing a game this year. Um, looks like they're going to double down on some mobile game or, you know, some, uh, you know, low, low, low graphic, lo-fi, um, you know, mash them up instead. So here's my question for you. This is a perfect time for AEW to drop a video game. WWE is off the market right now. There's no video game, you know, with PlayStation 5 right around the corner, um, the new Xbox, whatever the hell that thing's called is coming out. Matt, what... What detail, what fun little uh, little tweak, little quirk, if you will, do you think an AEW video game could include that we've yet to see in a WWE game? Who? Um, that is a great question that hasn't been included in a WWE video game. I'm afraid to put myself out there because I haven't purchased the WWE video game and played. I purchased, I, I don't know if you remember, but um, it was like two or three years ago. I bought it and we played it once and I never touched it again because it was, I mean, people hated that the last iteration of WWE was buggy and difficult. I yeah. thought even two years ago, it was so, I thought it was bad then that I never touched it again after that one time. We did one Royal Rumble and I never did it again. Um... But, I mean, uh, uh, to say something they've never done in a WWE video game, I know what I, I, before you said had never done, what I wanted to say was, I think they could just come in and do a nice, like, be a pro mode and, and knock that sucker out of the park. Because if there were two things that I was addicted to in WWE video games, it was a well-thought-out, like, RPG element, um, and this was years ago, with, with a story that you could build up yourself. Um, I don't know if you remember, I think it was No Mercy, but you had like this giant tree of decision-making that you could do running into different stories. Uh, bringing something like that back, uh, and, and, you know, you wouldn't have to show the decision tree like the WWE game did. I think uh, they forgot that you could just do that behind the scenes and you'll be fine. <laughs> um, but... Something like that, because I, like right now, the other game that I get addicted to um, is is the NHL video game, and they're finally coming out with like an RPG, be a pro kind of thing, where you get to be a single player and build your build yourself up and make decisions. And that's obviously because your favorite game, Mike, the two the NBA Two K games, have been doing it for years, and I've been so jealous for so long. And that's, like, if I look at all the games that I play and finish and play over and over and over, I'm playing, you know, The, the Witcher and, and Red Dead. I, I need some story. I need, I need something. I can't. Yeah. And then, like, if I'm playing the hockey game, you know what I do? Like a psychopath? I lay in bed and I do, like, in my own bed. I'm laying in bed trying to fall asleep and I do interviews and conversations as if I have a radio show that 
is devoted to that Red Wings like universe. Yeah. So I create my own story. Um, I I have full radio shows that revolve around trades and signing. So I need something from somewhere, and I can't I can't do it with with the wrestling games. Uh, so that that's what I, that's what I'm gonna say. I think uh, I think you're right on the money with that um, idea. Um, one of the things that WWE has not really gotten into because you know they want to make sure that they're known as as the place to be. Um, it's just there's WWE and then there's everything else. So uh, you know it, when you do like uh, a career mode, you do NXT and then you're WWE. So I think what AEW should really try to do is see if they can get the rights to these guys who kind of have their open contracts. They go wrestle in Japan. Uh, you know, maybe they do a little Ring of Honor. Uh, you know, they float around in the UK. They float around in Japan. They float around in Mexico. And then they come to AEW. I think it would be amazing for uh, like a creator wrestler where you got to start out, you know, winning like high school matches. And then you got to go into bingo halls. You know, you got to get ripped off making, you know, you drive spend $50 worth of gas and they pay you 20 bucks, you know, and you got to try and level up your guy from, you know, bingo hall boy to, you know, being on TNT, you know, wrestling Cody, you know, for the AEW television championship. Um, I think they could really go into that story mode. Uh, I got to think that a lot of those guys have some pretty amazing um, rags to riches stories. Um, So that would be kind of a cool way to go. And then uh, maybe, um, you know, some of the match types are. I don't know if we want. I don't know if we want a, uh, a mimosa mayhem match or a uh, <laughs> like. A, yeah. You know, instead of the Royal Rumble, they have their you know their blackjack twenty one all jokers in battle royal. Whatever the hell that <laughs> right. That's and that's just a battle royal, right? It's just the rules will be a little bit different right at the end. Um. Yeah. Uh, I, I think there's, I, I hope they, uh, just selfishly for us, I think it would be nice if there's a, a real wrestling video game that we could be proud to own and play. Um, and then they have some real opportunities, see if they can, uh, you know, do a create a wrestler thing. Yeah, I, th- I think the last thing I'll say too is is it doesn't hurt to just dumb it down a bit. Like, I, I know at this point, nobody can really get into the hockey video game. Like, you, you've just been playing it for years, or you're you just going to read the manual. Yeah, right. You read the you, manual. You've, all right, and you, you've had to, like, upgrade yourself as the iterations move on, or you just fucking suck. And that's a terrible way to run a video game, which is kind of what happened, I think, with the, the WWE game I tried. So AEW, dumb it down for me, so I don't have to have been playing 2K for years before <laughs> it just gets out of hand. Uh, Mike, let's uh, let's do this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change our background. I don't think anybody's going to be able to really see it, but I'm going to put Roman... And uh, Oos down there, uh, Mike Goldrush, Clash, whatever, Clash of Champions, takeaways. Um, Mike, I, I tweeted out, and this is the best way for me to save myself. I said, I wouldn't be, be upset at anybody who gave this an A+, um, which is the biggest chicken shit way for me to say, I'm giving this an A+, because I thoroughly enjoyed it, uh, but just in case... I can back off and say, well, I didn't actually give it an A+. I just said I wouldn't be mad at anybody else who did it, uh, which is a 1,000%. Um, like, I, I still, like, I want to back off on that because there were matches that didn't happen that were supposed to happen that night, which could have made it an even better night. But um, I think ultimately that turned out the way it was supposed to anyway with Bailey and Sasha. Uh, 
but I, I think the ending to the night was everything I wanted. And I made the comment, like, if this is how it ends, the rest of the show could suck. And I'd give it an A is what is like, that's what I said. So they did everything I wanted and they made Roman Reigns the fucking king of SmackDown. Um, I, I, it was fantastic. That's all I want. Like, when was the last time you, I, or maybe you've always been this excited, but I'm going to put words in your mouth. Uh, actually, yeah, hot, hot tag. Mike, has there been a time uh, where you've been this excited for a Roman Reigns um, build-up story? Because it's not, it's not just a single story with with the, the, the Uso brothers. I mean, this is going to be a huge thing where he's turning heel uh, this is this this could go on for years. Yeah, I think uh, in the past, the most you could say, um, as far as your excitement level for a Roman Reigns match, um, is that finally, you know, at least Brock's not going to be the champion anymore. That was that was the one thing you could be like, well, at least at least after this pay per view, you know, they're going to change the story up a little bit. But um, I think this is this has got to be one of the first times where. Uh, I'm excited for Roman Reigns segments. I'm excited for right. his matches. Uh, like I would prefer to see those at this time because it's it's such a uh, uh, it's not quite at the level of uh, you know Hulk Hogan uh, Hulk Hogan joining uh, the NWO. It's, <laughs> it's not quite at that level, but it's for for this era. It's not that far off. Um, I, you know, as far as taking a guy who's a lifelong babyface, who's lifelong is a strong way to put it. In his solo run, he's exclusively been a babyface. Um, to kind of see him have a little creative freedom, uh, I don't think he's ever looked more comfortable. Um, I think his 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 promos have a bit of extra swagger. His his uh, expressions on his face, it's like he's just. He's just been waiting to be a heel his whole life, um, you know, as a solo performer. And, uh, you know, as excellent as Drew McIntyre's been as a baby, I, I think Roman's really, you know, been that excellent as a heel. And finally, uh, Bailey has somebody to come in, you know, knock her off the, the, the throne there for the best heel in the company because he's knocking it out. Um yeah, as that, far as the storyline with the Usos, uh, this yeah. is a great way to really build them up. They're, I don't know if there's whoever was in that writing room and pitched that. Um, you know, it, it, he wasn't going to get over as a heel by just you know running the gamut of the baby faces. Uh, for it to start with him uh, betraying his own, uh, you know, blood brothers is is the strongest way to put that stamp down. This is a guy who's who's changing who he is. Well, I'd, I'd have to uh, I'd have to throw out there too. I'm in the I'm almost done. I'm in the middle of writing an article that uh, I'm I'm ranking uh, these four champions we have right now, and I'm calling it a champions renaissance. Uh, I mean, this is one of the best WWE champions we've had in years. The Universal Champion in Roman just looks like this is going to be so great. And I, you know, I, I'm putting in the article. I'm not I'm not going to be surprised if if this does last for longer. I, Mike. This is their guy, and he's doing what they've always wanted him to do. It would be Roman, I think, that would end this. I think this is what they've always dreamed of, uh, unless they just do the whole, well, he's a heel, he can't hold it forever. I, he absolutely could. 
Uh, but basically, what what the article is about is is who who's going to lose the title first, and I think people are going to be surprised uh, what my opinion is on on how that's going to roll out. Um, but I, I I highly recommend you guys check that out. Uh, that should be coming out uh, later tomorrow. Uh, should be should be able to finish that up as long as Eddie takes a long enough nap, and uh, yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, uh, just uh, I'm gonna you know just put the last uh, feather in the cap. Um, with Roman, you know, he always said that you know at least he likes you know having a brewski with the with the ooses. They they severed that tie. Um, they also uh, took his Kevlar off so we could see his uh, terrifying abs uh, that have been hiding dormant. Uh, for years, Matt, he's been wearing a shirt, uh, something we thought only, you know, Kevin Owens would do. And now, um, you know, Roman's been freed. They freed the abs. Uh, so it kind of feels like every little nitpick that people used to have about them, they're just slowly taking it away. And they're just leaving this, you know, muscly, mean, big dog out there to just win and kind of run this company. So it's, it's exciting stuff. Roman. Yeah, no, I mean, the jokes were out there, too. Like, it does appear that that uh, his armor wasn't protecting anything but our own eyes from being able to focus on uh, on his matches, because now I don't know how you look at a Roman Reigns match and not just, like, the guy, I know we knew he was ripped, but goddamn, like, for what, for what the WWE gets in trouble for always saying, like, this is what I need uh, for, for my superstars, I mean, they... they Kept a shirt on that guy for quite a while, and um, you know what? I mean, yeah, goddamn, this is sexy motherfucker. All right, uh, Amy threw out there. I never thought I would be interested in Roman uh, Sans the Shield, but I'm interested and excited about heel Roman. I no longer refer to him as Roman Pains. I love it. <laughs> uh, I, I mean. It it really like I I just want to see him bring the pain now and that's that's what we said last week and I'm so happy he's he's taken uh, his Usos to town. Um, Stephanie, I just want to highlight your comment here. Um, he said, "Hey, what's uh what what about SmackDown? I hope this is I hope this is revolving around that. I just wanted you to know that we did see your comment. But this I mean this is where my head's at for for SmackDown wrestling. I think it's it's going to go through the roof." I think people, they already showed that the ratings are actually going up, so people want to see heel Roman. Um, and I think this is one of those things where it's going to, uh, I don't know if I want to say transcend, but I mean, it's what both sides of the room want. They want to see Roman Reigns on their TV. And for us, I, I'm, I'm going to put myself in the, the pool of hardcore wrestlers. We've always wanted to see this guy be heel. So I, I, I think for SmackDown, it, it really is going to become the the premier show. And I think Roman put it best where he said on raw, they're serving hamburgers and on SmackDown, I'm, I'm serving filet. So, uh, I, I do, I do like the, uh, the brand, uh, fighting that goes down. I think it's good that Roman's starting that as we head into, into uh, survivor series season. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he, he was the star of that show. He's the thing that made that an A plus for me. I, I just, Oh yeah, I I, I don't There's think I can the... get enough of Roman or or Drew or Oscar or Bailey, and I, I didn't even state it as as my champions renaissance is is going right now. Um, that I mean, four of the best. Yeah, uh, as far as I'm glad you touched on Bailey too. Um, she got to gloat, be evil again uh, this past Sunday, and then uh, I gotta say, you know, sometimes when uh, they 
you know, she thought she just got not have an opponent um, at Clash, and then uh, Asuka comes running out. That actually, I'm gonna be honest, that did surprise me. Maybe she. Oh my God. <laughs> I wanted that drop to work so well, uh, <laughs> but it just sounds like Vicky Guerrero. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, as far as SmackDown, um, Stephanie. I mean, yeah, you got Roman doing excellent work, Bailey doing excellent work. Um, Bray Wyatt, of course, whenever he floats back in, doing excellent work. Um, <laughs> Alexa Bliss turning into this uh, Harley Quinn character who just kind of emulates, um, adores, and, you know, has this weird fixation and fascination with the Fiend. Um, just another storyline I'm really into. And who knows? Maybe uh, Otis will cash in one day. time mike for us to transition into the wednesday night wars yeah. oh boy um yeah i i mean poor, poor otis but uh let, let's jump in as, as we like to do on a weekly basis mike the guy who wrote an article about removing brand loyalty uh from your pro wrestling we're gonna do the wednesday night wars of a battle between nxt and aew no and I, you know what i did i, I justified it to myself I said we could still do this after I wrote that article because we're highlighting just how great both of these shows are and that you should be watching both. I, I, I think it does it help we, we do step outside of the bounds of this being strictly a WWE show, an AEW show, or just blindly siding with one or another just because it's our favorite, even though I think if somebody chalked up who's winning and losing or who we think is winning and losing, it probably keeps skewing one way or the other depending on what show we're watching first anyways uh mike nxt was a pretty good show um i don't know how you feel about aew but i i know nxt is just gearing up for takeover 31 which might be why i'm gonna say it was just a pretty good show yeah i, I saw the card coming together and uh i had a feeling aew is gonna take it this week um this was definitely another episode of um I know they're supposed to be the wrestling program, but every week we, we come to the same conclusion that AEW Dynamite is the sports entertainment program, and it did it once again. Um, I, I mean, whether or not it was, you know, Eddie Kingston coming out and berating a referee, uh, it was uh, our beloved Miro rubbing elbows with Billy Mitchell. My God. Uh, the world record holder for uh, Donkey Kong and Pac-Man, I think. Uh, Miro just ran into him at an arcade, you know, ran into him at an arcade. Um, yeah, and then there was just uh, fun galore with MJF trying to uh, tease at a, a union with the inner circle. And, uh, you know, there was wrestling matches in between, too. Um, so it sounds like AEW took the crown for entertainment value, but that's why we do the list every week. Matt, based on your uh, enthusiasm for this week's episode, I'm going to say you get uh, moment number three first from NXT. Okay, cool. Um, I I do think there there are some easy things to pick out here. Um, you know what? I'm I'm going to do this because I, I know uh, Lewis. I, I told you that we talk about it in a minute. Uh, my number three 
and, and Lewis was asking. He he uh, he loves what Rich Holland is doing. I love what Cameron Grimes is doing, and I also I think we spoke a couple weeks ago about Ridge when he almost killed uh, Johnny Gargano. Um, the guy, the guy belongs already. Like he he's got the look and he's got that power. He's got the aggressive style, uh, and he just kicked the shit out of Cameron Grimes to the point that the ref ended the match. So I'm gonna make that my number three, and I think what we got to su- we 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 saw out of uh, Cameron Grimes what pulled out of me the the uh the tweet that um i think that he could be as good as mjf or or the miz and i know that's blasphemy for for pro wrestling fans because those those guys might be considered a couple of untouchables in regards to like snarky heels like dirty little rat shithole heels kind of thing um it, it's always hard to define uh, like what kind of heel somebody is because obviously roman is going to be very different from what cameron grimes brings to the table uh but i i really think if they give him the time uh and they really let him develop that character i think we, we'd be uh, believing in cameron grimes too the only thing is that uh mjf and um the miz have both had like this sort of elitist sort of thing behind them and Cameron Cameron would have to get over being like this the southern rocker which you could still say if he, if he thinks he's the southern rocker um you know maybe he thinks he's better than everybody because he's he, you know leading a, a fake band in his mind but um that I think that's the hurdle to get over because it does everybody kind of hates like that super rich or the the famous person that thinks they're better than everybody and Cameron's character just it's almost like it's almost like it's so goofy and fun like he he won't be able to get that same heat because it's just too unbelievable that he would uh yeah, you know that he is better than us you know what yeah. i mean where mjf what, what you if, look at him what if peewee herman only listened to leonard skinner right <laughs> So that that's uh, that's, that's my number three. Uh, but and uh, and again, uh, Lewis, uh, I totally agree with you. Uh, and having having Ridge Holland end that match, or uh, having the match ended because he was just ripping the crap out of Cameron Grimes. I mean, it, uh, it does a great a great job of of defining these characters even further. I think I think for both because Cameron's Cameron's only ever going to win a match if he's if he's being the sneaky heel. Yeah, and he's uh, he's he's excellent at it. Um, so yeah, so uh, you know, as we as we do every week, Matt, top three moments of each show, and then there's also a dishonorable mention right before number one. So can't remember if we said that for our newer listeners, but moment number three from All Elite Wrestling, Matt, it was old Cody. Don't call me Rhodes, pulling the switcheroo on us. I don't know if you had a moment to watch this promo, but as you know, he was gone for a while and. Then he stole uh, Creed Breton's hairdo last week and <laughs> emptied out the AEW printers of all their ink so he could have some new dark hair. And uh, he was gone for a while because he got beat up by Brody Lee. And he was ashamed. Oh, he lost in like three minutes. And now he's on uh, TV with Rosario Dawson. Um, and now uh, he came back, cut a promo, Matt. And you know what he did? Brody Lee asked, you know, why don't you be in a dog collar match with me? We're going to dog collar each other, which sounds about as erotic as a slapjack, if, if I may. <laughs> um, Cody come out, Cody, Cody come out and he cut a promo 
I don't know why where Dusty came from. Uh, but Cody comes out, cuts a promo about this dog collar match, and you know what he said? He said no. And what I thought when he said no is that they were just going to dim the house lights and go to commercial. <laughs> <laughs> but he pulled a switcheroo on us, and he said, no way am I not doing it. I'm going to come out and beat up Brody Lee. And everyone's like, woo. Uh, but he pulled a fun switcheroo. Um, it turned into a, a massive uh, WCW-like, what's now becoming an AEW-esque uh, schmaz, where all sorts of people were coming out. There was Evil Unos, there was Evil Doses, uh, uh, Mrs. Rhodes came out, all sorts of people were jumping at each other. Uh, they, they split Brody Lee and Cody apart, not once, not twice, but thrice, um, yeah. just to get us all psyched up for their big match coming up. Uh, where they're gonna, they're gonna, they're, they're gonna roll them again. They're gonna a couple of rams, gonna butt heads, which is what Taz said. They're gonna butt heads like a couple of rams. Like, yeah, we've heard that cliche for like forty years, man. You know that one. Uh, but yeah, it uh, it's just the enthusiasm level that sells shenanigans like that. So Cody and Brody, um, I'm I'm excited for it. Um, Cody just saying no. Why am I missing it? So did you see uh, Lewis's comment here? Oh, shoot, I, I clicked away. Uh, he just said that Cody looks like that guy from Lazy Town. He's got, like, the, the plastic hair and the... Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen Lazy Town. I, I, I know of it because, every, you know, like, everybody kind of had that same thought pop in their head where I've seen that guy before, and then you, you <laughs> saw it on, on Twitter, it blew up. Lewis, you, you freaking nailed it on this. Oh, no. um, are you Are you looking it up? Yeah, the guy who played him died. Oh. Oh Jesus. Well come on, Lewis. Why'd you make uh why'd you bring the show down? No, just kidding, man. <laughs> Stefan Carl Stephenson. Uh he was forty three and he played uh Robbie Rotten in the Nick Jr. series from two thousand two to two thousand fourteen. Well it's it's my turn to jump back into NXT. I, I almost played a um it was gonna be too well, mean. I almost did a reason, Bailey. The reason that we had to share bad news with Lewis, and I'm sorry, Lewis, I, I clicked because, you know, when you Google something, there's like the most commonly asked questions. And question number one was, what happened to the guy from Lazy Town? So I wanted to click it and be like, well, he's currently running a wrestling promotion on TNG. So anyway, Matt, moment number two for NXT. Uh, well, I, I do have an answer, but I absolutely have to get, I'm going to back up on the uh, uh comments we have here on the show uh we got to throw in andre uh andre i'm glad you're watching uh he's glad to see dexter loomis back on nxt he's his favorite creepy weirdo uh and he's also a decent performer uh i think uh dexter's unintentionally uh hilarious and then uh lewis showing the love for dexter amy showing the love for dexter mike Hell yeah i absolutely adore Dexter Loomis. I think uh, I, I I couldn't have been more devastated when uh, when the injury took him out of what I what looked like was going to be a great spot for him to really start taking over on the show. And I think now everything's just been put on hold before he can get back up there because I think they do see like this guy's legit. This guy can own multiple segments on on every show, and I think that's what what you're looking for. And with Andre's point, it, it is fantastic for him to. Uh, actually go into this realm of being like that goofball where he's he's uh, I mean he's the guy's making his own shirts based on what he's drawing but then he incorporates that into the show too and it, it's just something that that gives it you know it is depending on how they use those pictures like when they used it to kind of scare Undisputed Era it goes creepy 
when he's doing it just to have fun it's goofy the guy has so many like he's got a wide range he is fantastic in the ring his style in the ring is is is, is it's so unique like we talked about um it, it's him doing like those slow plotting moves uh followed by just these powerful strikes and you don't see that too often i think and especially in nxt where we always say you know we're talking wednesday night wars um you know aew is the sports entertainment and nxt ends up being pro wrestling what you get is a lot of the same styles over and over and that repetitive uh nature of every match does great on you a little bit uh but it, it is something where nxt is to find themselves to provide that style of pro wrestling so you can't really blame them for it um but when Dexter Loomis comes in and his style is so completely different from everybody else, he, he does super stand out. Uh, you know, even if he is already standing out because of his hairdo and the creepiness and, uh, and the mustache. So it's just all that mixed together. You've, you've got a, you've got a superstar. Uh, so great point there, Andre. Uh, I'm just going to say, I'm going to say that. And, and then I'm going to, I'm going to, throw it over to mike because that that was way too much gushing for me to also pick a number two no it, it's just funny you said that because there's a few uh instances on aew where if i have to see one more super kick or top rope suicida or a cutter i'm gonna lose my mind like none of those moves can possibly hurt anymore it's everybody uses like the same three four things and part of loomis's uh, appeal is he does uh break up the the wrestling monotony a little bit so thank you, Dexter. Um, and whoever had the brilliant idea for his music to sound a little bit like Stranger Things and for him to have a Dexter, uh, like, dark passenger, you know, at his side. Uh, wow. Little chef's kiss for that. Um, man, my moment number two, though. Hot diggity dog. Um, as much as... As much as I love uh, Orange Cassidy um, and him calling FTR weenies, um, <laughs> the uh, I gotta say one of my favorite matches was Jericho versus the other Cassidy uh, on the program, Isaiah Cassidy. Um, he's part of Private Party. He he doesn't quite get as much uh, fanfare, um, and they're just I think just trying to give him the rub by being in the ring with Jericho, and he definitely outshined fifty-year-old uh, Jericho, understandably. Uh, since uh, um, Isaiah is like 27 years his junior. Um, so, you know, it's 27 more, you know, years worth of tread on those tires. Um, but Jericho definitely set him up to look excellent. Uh, they had dueling lion salts where Jericho attempted it, uh, crashed and burned. And then uh, Isaiah, seizing the opportunity, uh, did a lion salt of his own, hit it. Jericho got up, and then Isaiah gave Jericho a... Uh, um, Codebreaker. Um, so it's kind of cool to see that back to back. Um, the match ended up, you know, going to Jericho's favor because, you know, he's the big money guy and, and you know, put propelled some other storylines um, right. um, on the peripheral. But I think it was a pretty cool showcase for Isaiah. Um, and at least when he did the Judas effect, it was a little bit like uh, that famous Shelton Benjamin, Shawn Michaels uh, super kick. Uh, because we got to see Isaiah Cassidy uh, flying through the air and eating a Judas effect. So not quite as athletic as a sweet chin music, but still it was a, it was a pretty cool visual. So bravo to Isaiah. Uh, for me, he's not going to be the other Cassidy anymore. He's, he's going to be Isaiah Cassidy. 
Um, but Matt, that means we're already uh, we're already at the dishonorable mention for NXT. And uh, my my dishonorable mention is maybe going to go to Kushida and Tony Nese only because this this is one of those where if I saw it like on the on the match card before the show started, I would have thought that this was this was going to be something to really show off Tony Nese and give him a, give him a an opportunity but uh we're looking at kushida who's really been tearing it up and they're just propelling that storyline that he's gonna kick the shit out of velveteen dream perfect i want him to kick the shit out of velveteen dream it just was a poor spot for tony niece to get involved in the middle because really he was just taking he was taking the hits uh before i throw in my number one mike we have a hot tag from lewis uh and this is this is a quick yes for me but do you think loomis is a future world champ i think absolutely I don't because I don't think that that matters to him. I think that he would prefer to be more uh, like Bray Wyatt. I I can see that, but I I, I just think that they were moving him in that direction. I I saw him moving in that direction in NXT, so I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna it's, stick with my yeah. Well, I just want to be sure I I you know get out there that it's not that I don't think that he's um, a talented guy you know that we could see in main event matches, but I just I think that creatively he's beyond needing you know uh, a shiny rock you know like a bird in the forest to build his nest. I think that he can already build his own nest out of I don't know blood and cigarette butts and <laughs> you know, mustache, mustache hairs. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and old, like, uh, you know, old t-shirt designs that he wasn't fond of. So I think he can build his own bird nest. He doesn't need the shiny rock. And I think I'm going to start using that from now on because I'm pretty proud of that metaphor. But go ahead, Matt. <laughs> so, uh, I'll, I'll throw in there. What I was going to pick as my number two is Adam Cole versus Austin Theory, but mostly because it ends up being, it ends with a promo for Kyle O'Reilly from, uh, Adam Cole. But my number one was easily... Kyle O'Reilly and, and Finn Balor face-to-face in the ring where this was one of the first times we got to see Kyle like show some emotion and develop a character that wasn't just being a member of Undisputed Era where he was just confident and cocky. And, and it was it was great. And I think what they've done at this point, because these promo packages have been so good, they, they've developed a face for the Undisputed Era um a, a, a baby face and a legit threat to finn balor's title um i think both of those things are are fantastic accomplishments but you have to remember too that finn balor got the title is sort of like a mad scramble so kyle getting this opportunity probably isn't them saying it's kyle's shot i think it's more or less just let's give him a fresh um let's give him a fresh title feud that uh, that we haven't seen before and unfortunately what that means is kyle's going to turn in an a plus i think for the first time uh you know what's so for the first time since clash of champions uh the main event title match will be <laughs> the uh will be the best match on the card uh because that that match is going to kill it i think uh finn is going to be in his element kyle We'll finally get to show off from a singles point of view, like why he is, why why there are so many wrestlers stepping up and saying this guy's the best in the biz. This is long overdue, and he's going to want to prove it too. So everything about this promo though just got me more hyped, and I, I really liked how they set it up too. So I'm I'm all for it, and uh, yeah, let's. Uh... Yeah, I'm ready to do AW. I was just going to say um, I really like. 
Like Kyle is such a breath of fresh air, um, like for the main event scene. And I'm saying that because when I think about Finn Balor being the NXT champion, it really makes me want to yawn. They have diluted him so much. Um, I, I as soon as I see like that sling blade and then the drop kick into the corner, setting up the coup de gras, like it's 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 almost as bad as every time when somebody fights Rey Mysterio and things they a wrestler's never done before. They just start hanging their neck over the second rope. Like you've never done that. Who rests like that? Rest on the <laughs> ground. Rest like CM Punk in the 2013 Royal Rumble. Just lay on the side. Why would you do that in a Ray match? You've never done it. Um, but you know, people will fight Finn Balor and, you know, put their back to the turnbuckle and take a bump off the back and then tumble forward and put their little tummies out to get coup de grace. <laughs> I can't, I can't get into those matches. So I just bring that just as a counter example to Kyle, because he's just out there trying to break your limbs and he's just trying to break them, whether you're in the middle of the ring, the side of the ring, underneath the ring, above the ring, the left side, right <laughs> side, front side. There's no safe place. So you can't, like, like for me as an audience member, I don't know where his violence is going to come from. So I'm mm-hmm. really excited to see something new. See Kyle in there. So bravo. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, my dishonorable mention is uh, FTR. They uh, they started a new thing, um, a little bit like the John Cena Open Challenge, um, a little bit like Cody was doing with the, the TNT television title. Um, they started doing a brush with greatness. So every week they're going to have a 20-minute tag team championship match, uh, or, you know, periodically. And they just put up a clunker versus SCU. And, you know, it happens to the best of us. You know, even Stone Cold would come out and say, you know, I, you know, we were sucking ass out there. But <laughs> the thing that bothers me is that it's not just, oh, you know, everybody has a bad match. It's like right. FTR is just going to come out and, you know, uh, profess the need for uh, old school tag team wrestling. You know, but this is how it's supposed to be. No more flips, just kicks. And... I don't know if it's the AED, like AEW tag team match style influence, but there was two different instances where there were um, like dueling double team moves and like two illegal men were making pinfalls and the ref was counting both of them because everybody was getting pinned. And what a moment. And it's like, no, two of those don't even count. What do you, it's not like those moments where it's like the cool submission thing and you're holding your best friend's hand so he doesn't, you know, break. They're both eating pins, and only one of the like fifty percent of the guys are supposed to be holding out of the. Uh, I don't know. And then there was a you know a couple times that they're supposed to be known for their like in-ring smarts and IQ and ring acumen, and then they were like three stooges, Winnie the Poohing out of the ring, and I, I don't know. Like the whole illusion was just lost. It, it was the Jericho knows. Um, <laughs> But I'll just say that uh, the top match was the first match of the night for me. Uh, Darby Allen fighting Ricky Starks. Um, we always joke that our favorite match is Stone Cold and Calm, good and nice. Uh, I don't know why those are his favorite adjectives. Um, but um, yeah, it really seemed like that, uh, you know, violent, like, uh, like venom for each other. There was real anger between each other. Um, and as far as like changing up the, the match, um, 
like move set diversity, you know, showing off the whole repertoire, um, having a little creativity in the ring. Um, you know, Darby and Ricky really, you know, pulled out all the stops. I'd say the only kind of clunky part is excellent as Taz was on commentary, um, you know, because Excalibur kept trying to goad um, Taz, you know, hey, I remember you were trying to get him to, to join your little group over there, weren't you? He's like, yeah, you know, you're not kidding there, uh, Excalibur. I tried that multiple times, but he spat in my face. I know he's got a heck of a talent, but I'm, I'm hoping that he loses because he didn't want to join my friends. <laughs> so it was like Taz was still being respectful of the skill and admitting, you know, I want to, like, take you under my wing and elevate you. Um, but then he was still trying to, you know, support his own faction. So all that stuff was really cool. Little, you know, little nods to their, you know, storytelling, referencing things that happened weeks ago. And then JR had to talk. Um, <laughs> well, this real good match here between two young guys, you know, one, uh, one's 27, um, which, you know, they employ a lot of 21 and 22 year olds. So for him to call Darby Allen one of the youngest guys in the roster was, eh, you know, a little different. Um, and then he also included Ricky Starks. And then he admitted that he is not sure why he included that because uh, Ricky's 31. Uh, later, come to find out, Ricky Starks is 21. Uh, so JR was literally all over the map, um, except where he needed to be. So uh, maybe more Taz, less JR in the future. Um, so it's always a good rule of thumb, I think, with, <laughs> uh, with commentary. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think we got a few minutes here. You want to just do uh, the Takeover Thirty One card? Yeah, let's uh, let's jump in there. I'm gonna change. I'm gonna change uh, change our background real quick. Let's do, do this uh, behind the camera here. And whoop. all right, yeah, we got our new background. How's that fun? All right, uh, Mike. First, uh, first on the card, uh, Damian Priest versus Johnny Gargano for the NXT North American Championship. I. This is this is uh, the build for Damian Priest to get his signature victory. I didn't include it in my top three in the Wednesday Night Wars, uh, the um, uh, the mixed tag match. But th this is obviously like all, all of this is just to build up the believability that uh, Johnny Gargano can win, or maybe Candice can beat Io. Um, but Damian Priest needs a signature victory, or he needs to keep building on the signature victories that he's had so he becomes a more believable North American champion. So that, that is him going against former North American champions, and that is most certainly him taking down Johnny Gargano. Mike, your thoughts? We never really understood the... Um adoration that WWE, the company, had for Roman Reigns uh, when he first went solo, and they just kept pushing him. Now in NXT, we have Damian Priest, and I I still don't quite get it. He still kind of has these oddball promos where he's still kind of objectifying women. I don't and... know what his, his deal... I don't know what the hell his character is. <laughs> I don't know if somebody's in his ear telling him to say things. Um, <laughs> I wish they'd get out of his ear. Uh, if that's his own uh, volition, I wish he'd shut up and maybe find <laughs> something else to talk about. Yeah. Uh, but I don't want to see him objectifying the female interviewers. I don't want to see him in hot tubs with women. Uh, I <laughs> I get that he has a pretty cool intro, um, but I don't know if he's cool. Uh, None of that lines up with what he says. Like he he comes out and he's 
he's really got that that's an awesome way to do uh your visuals is to have the you know the bow and arrow and he he does it during the matches he does it after victories and then he gets behind the curtain and he it's it's a 180 i almost said a 360 he just stands in one place and just he's the same person anyway he does a 180 and he's he's a, a goofball and like you said he's he's kind of sexist so <laughs> yeah um I don't know. I mean, he's going to win. There's, there's no doubt about that. Um, cause they're, they're pushing him for some reason. And, uh, it's for somebody. It's not for us. You know, we talk about it all the time that wrestling's a circus and this is a tent that you and I are, you know, I, I don't need to go under that tent. I'm, I'm good to go. I will move on. I will go watch, uh, maybe the next match. Um, let's do, uh, Kushida versus Velveteen Dream. Um, uh, can I just say that, uh, it's just a singles match. It's just uh, um, an emotional feud. Um, as much as the Usos were an excellent prop to help get Roman over as a heel, Velveteen Dream is an excellent prop to get whoever he's fighting over as a <laughs> mega baby face. So Kushida right. is about to start selling um, T-shirts with, you know, uh, little baby bonnets because he's about to be the uh, back to the future mega god that I think they always wanted him to be. I don't know who's rooting for Velveteen Dream. Um, like, but realistically yeah. or even sarcastically, I think all they want is go away heat. That's what's going on with this match. Um, thank goodness there's no audience. Uh, I think he would literally just get like middle fingers and probably things thrown at him because we still haven't quite figured out what's going on with this whole situation behind the curtain in real life. Nobody's given us any answers and all we see is that he's back on our TV uh, yeah, eating, I, up, eating up I, opportunities. I wish that the American people would be this angry at our president <laughs> for certain things that he's said and done. Yeah. I'm not giving Vel... Don't get me wrong. I am not saying with Velveteen Dream, he's an evil... Like, if what is what is accused is true, fuck that guy, get him off my TV. But the, the pro wrestling fans will not forgive Velveteen Dream. I just ask that you do the same thing for our president. The next time he says something stupid or dumb, remember it. Remember that in his... I'm going to do this, Mike. I'm sorry. Remember that in his debate, he joked to Joe Biden that he's fine putting his followers in danger uh, of COVID. And nobody, like, his followers don't care. They're fine with it. They're like, that's fine. Or you just misinterpreted it. Let's be this, the same anger that we put at Velveteen Dream. Let's, let's put it towards our election. Um, all right. Uh, uh, Kushida's winning this. Velveteen Dream, I think they're going to keep using him as a tool uh, to keep getting guys over. Which, I the thing is, I don't want to. I don't want him on my TV until we get answers, and whatever the answers. I mean, it's still like nothing's for sure, and I know I can get myself in trouble here. Like we don't actually know what happened, but not addressing it is the wrong thing to do, and I want him off my TV until it's addressed. That's what I'm going to say. So Please. I have a hot tag for you when you're ready. Oh shoot! All right. Let me, uh, let me, let me scramble here. Let me get my video. All right, Mike. What, what did you say? Did you say you had a hot tag? <laughs> All right. So 
they're gonna they're gonna use this uh, Velveteen Dream go away heat on Kushida, which, eh, you know, eh, he doesn't really wipe my noodle. Matt, I'm gonna hot tag you. If you could pick one baby face that could use this Velveteen Dream go away heat to really get get really get rolling. Really get strapped in, fitted in for that beautiful rocket to the moon. With just handfuls of brass rings in both sides, like Sonic the Hedgehog at the bonus level. Matt, I'm going to let you pick one baby face to gobble up all that yummy, yummy go away heat and be our triumphant hero for justice. I can see you pondering over there. I can see you, I, the little hamster is on schematics. And I think he's going to call back. Callback from earlier in the show. I think I think it would be pretty easy to go with Dexter Loomis when he makes his return. Yeah? Does Dexter Loomis need Velveteen Dream? I think he's already the people's champ. Alright. Um, I mean, it could be who's ever driving a motorcycle around town. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that is uh, as lukewarm as I've become on Finn Balor. If Finn Balor turned babyface all of a sudden, and then he See, was fighting. That's why I didn't pick Finn, because we know what's going on there. Yeah. Um, maybe my beloved Otis. Maybe that's when we can do a, a Velveteen call-up, just to get Otis over um, as the briefcase champion. God, could you imagine if they called him up? Just, just to get Otis over, but could you imagine the reaction? where? I imagine it all the time. It's it's not hypothetical for me, man. It's not rhetorical for me. No, I'm saying, could you imagine the fan reaction if Velveteen got called up? Oh, yeah, Otis conquering him? Well, yeah, that, but before we knew that was happening, Jesus. All right, how about this? What WWE would do if they're going to fire Velveteen Drink? You know what they would do? You ready for this? They would call him up to Monday Night Raw. He would show up at the 8 o'clock hour and one man would challenge him to fight him at the 10 o'clock hour. It would be Shane McMahon and Raw <laughs> Underground versus Velveteen Tree. <laughs> Throwing my uh, fellow punches left and right. Uh, <laughs> so back to the championship matches. We've got Santos Escobar and Isaiah Swerve Scott. They actually had a pretty fun promo. It wasn't the best thing I've ever seen, but for the... Uh, NXT Cruiserweight Championship, I, I would say for as little time as it gets and as little time as, uh, you know, promos have been allowed for this title in the past, I do just love every second we get with Santos. So I, I think this is ultimately just, uh, this is not a, a big moment for this title. I think this is just Santos Escobar continuing to hold his title. I think Swerve is getting something to do. This sounds so bad the way I'm describing it right now, but ultimately, if I'm picking a winner, I'm going Escobar. Let me hot tag you one more on this one. You wanted to what? You wanted to hot tag! Go for it. All right, so it's the Cruiserweight Championship, right? It is. And what that should mean is that these are just two guys who are not heavyweights. Instead, what it usually means is it's some sort of high-flying spectacular. Matt? Hot tag. Would you rather see these two guys have a high-flying spectacular or just a hard-hitting, stiff championship match? Matt, your thoughts? I think it's the Cruiserweight title. It should be a high-flying spectacular. 
Right. You're, I mean, it's the same idea where I said you've got like this style of wrestling that pops up on NXT a lot. That's the reason why Dexter Loomis is so much fun because he breaks that style. But if you're doing the Cruiserweight title, I think it's okay to stick within the brand of what the Cruiserweight wrestling is, right? I, and these guys can both do it. So are, are right. we really, like, aren't we watching Roman Reigns kick the shit out of the Usos? Because that's where we want to see that hard-hitting style. All right, what's the over-under on top rope suicidas for that match? 16. No, realistically. I'm going to say... One. Four. One. One? Realistically? Wow. They don't just do the same move over and over and over. I'm saying one top... Uh, top... Top... Uh, top us. Um, it's going to be... One, Spani- two, one Spanish tapas. So four... I think four is the line. Because there's going to be like two botches. Not botches, but you know, like... Oh, it didn't quite connect, and then they'll connect later. So I'm gonna say four. I hate that I just had my Jr. moment. I'm uh, uh, tapas, uh, Mexican tapas with yeah, fried, yeah. refried <laughs> beans. Um, <laughs> so next, next on the list, uh, where are we? What? Oh, we we just have uh, our, the, the championships. All right, EO versus Candice. I uh, I actually already gave away how I, I feel about this. I, I don't think this is the moment that Candice becomes, you know, the new Candice LeRae, the champion. Um, it could be. I, I just, uh, unless it's something like they want to start building up EO uh, being on the main roster, but I, I don't, I don't see that. I think they, I think they want to hold on, have EO hold the championship so they could do a triple threat between Asuka, EO, and Bailey or Sasha, because that's going to, man, oh man, is that going to be fucking amazing. Uh, but that, I think ultimately that's what they're looking to do. If they have balls, They'll give it to Candice. They'll let Candice stand out at Survivor Series, and now they'll have a whole nother superstar to carry the NXT brand. But I think ultimately they're they're I they're first things first, Mike. Uh, th- we live in a short term world in pro wrestling, and uh, we can get you know we could build up to something we've always wanted. Is is um, I shouldn't say we've always wanted, but this is something. Hardcore wrestling fans want uh, casual fans uh, for women's wrestling would be Sasha getting involved with Asuka and Io, and Asuka and Io getting getting involved with each other. I, I, it all just works out. It's perfect. So Io's holding on to that title. Yeah, I think the, uh, the only way Candice wins is if they want to double down on the um, on NXT. If they want to double down on the power couple thing and have the power couple actually have some power uh, with some yeah. championship gold. Um, but I think you're right with uh, Survivor Series right around the corner. There's, there's, you know, not really a, a match we want to see more. And you can't you know, this up. Yeah, we had Shayna versus Becky Lynch, which I know we were all really excited about uh, last year. And now, if we can in some way incorporate EO, Asuka, and fill in the blank, uh, we're going to be in for a real treat. So, giving the belt to Candice kind of ruins that. I'm going with EO. We absolutely need a Tim Robinson. What? Like, remember when he was doing the nachos and his girlfriend figured out that he had asked the waiter to come to the table and tell his date not to eat all the good nachos? Like, one person can't have all the good nachos. So then when she's... <laughs> I don't even remember that one. She's yeah. revealing that. So then Tim Robinson is just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> we, need, we need that one. I, I'm going to get that for next week. We're... We're gonna stockpile our uh, our our um yeah. Ah, shut up, Chris. All right, last match, 
<laughs> Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly. Mike, Kyle's taking this, hands down. There's no way he's leaving NXT TakeOver 31 without some gold. Just kidding, it's Finn Balor. Sorry, Kyle. Um, this is going to be a great match. This will be one of those... I can confidently say this will be a match of the year candidate. Um, or, you know what? That is getting pretty uh, loaded with, with uh, Fiend matches. But I, I'm still going to say I'm pretty confident this will be a match of the year candidate. <laughs> um, I really am excited to see Kyle O'Reilly fight for like 30 minutes without having to tag somebody in. Um, <laughs> he's so good at his job. I, I love his match style. It's Nobody else does that. He literally sits on his butt and just like kicks and pulls on you. Uh, almost like a little crab going down the beach and Finn Balor's like a seagull daring to get in the way of the fish that the little crab is trying to eat and I, I can't wait to see it go down. Um, crab versus gull. Uh, that's what this match boils down to. Uh, it's it's, it's going to be lengthy. Um, it's going to feel like it went you know by in a breeze. Um, but I, I don't think they're getting ready to push Kyle. Um, like in that regard where he gets to be the champion of the company. Um, but he's going to be able to, you know, get himself over by having a good match. So Matt, the only little nugget that I want to share with you before we, I know we, we got to get going here, yeah. is, uh, I saw a rumor. Um, I feel like I'm doing some umbrella Academy here. I heard a rumor, um, that Cam and Adam Cole might go baby face and Roddy and the fish might go heel. Oh, stay heel. Um, but I mean, they really turn cool. heel against each other, I guess. That would be pretty cool. Um, break I, up the group. That gives them something new to do. And an Undisputed Era is something that you kind of were hoping would never end. But then again, like, great pro wrestling doesn't happen when we just keep getting the same thing over and over, right? So I, I don't think it's about what the fans want all the time. I, I think it is about changing it up. And sometimes, uh, sometimes you got to take that risk. So I, I do, I do like that, Mike. You know what? It, 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 it wouldn't be. What's that? All right, Mike. Um, Bailey's got one more message for us, and we're ready to head out. <laughs> Wrap this sucker up. Uh, if you could, everybody, please uh, subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, subscribe on YouTube. Um, if we could uh, get some uh, reviews on Apple Podcasts, that's the thing that helps out this this podcast the most. Uh, we really hope you guys will check it out. Um, I do have to give a quick shout-out. If you are a hockey fan, I uh, I did interview the man behind bringing European hockey, uh, one of the men that brought European hockey over to uh, North America. Uh, Keith gave. It was a hell of an interview. You can find that on our YouTube channel. You can also find it at BOD Hockey. And uh, again, another shout out to uh, the Hockey Podcast Network for letting us use uh, beautiful tools you see in front of you. Uh, everything that's that's up here now is because they let us use that setup. So if you are a hockey fan, check out Hockey Podnet at Hockey Podnet. And uh, let's go for us is at uh, BOD Podcast for our Twitter and at uh, Brothers underscore of underscore discussion on Instagram. Uh, Mike, I will. Uh, I'll I'll see you later. We're we're gonna. What what's the next thing we do? All right, we we uh, record on we'll Sunday. We'll be there for all the live action. That's right. For the all right. Takeover. Time to sail off into the sunset. Oh, we almost went away. Who's gonna Who's gonna come back at NXT? Oh my God! Yeah, that's right. Um, I think 
the more I, I watch that video, that is a female superstar. I think it's Ember Moon. <laughs> I, I had a Samoa Joe that is way more interesting, Ember Moon. I had a huge wrestling crush on her. I, I don't her. think Samoa Joe can fit his thighs into the the body that was <laughs> riding that motorcycle. He Samoa Joe's gonna lose a lot of weight to make that work. I, I'm just guessing that that I mean it could be something completely different where like some sexy lady's gonna come roaring in on that uh, motorcycle and then they're gonna say introducing blah blah blah. Because uh, I did tweet out, even though that does look like a woman, I was like, wow, Nakamura looks super sexy on that motorcycle. <laughs> Which I also think would be cool, but I, I think we are seeing Ember Moon kind of get the reset. By the way, if you missed uh, the pre-show for uh, the Gold Rush Clash, Clash of Champions, um, Shinsuke did sing a little Simon and Garfunkel. Uh, Hello, darkness, my old friend. So... Just uh, staying with the sexy theme there. Oh, I loved Ember. I hope she could come back. But uh, I got to say with Samojo before we go, when something goes well for me, like just personally in my life now, I just think of Samojo commentary when he goes, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got to get that one going too. Yeah, I love that one. All right, let's get out of here. That's All right, everybody, have a good one. <laughs>